0: Hi, Keith. Welcome back to Extra Credit. Good to be here, Jeff. Okay, Keith. Governor Daniel Malloy, who didn't seek a third term, as we know, has taken a lot of flack for state tax increases in 2011, his first year in office, and then again in 2015, the first year of his second term. The common narrative of his opponents has been that they are the two single largest tax increases in Connecticut history. You've looked at the numbers is that true?
1: No, they are the two most recent large tax increases in state history okay. and and you're absolutely right it's been a constant message but not only is it not correct it's not really that close.
0: So how do you how do you analyze it? How should we think about it?
1: we could simply go by straight numbers. The problem with that is if we don't adjust for inflation, everybody knows that a dollar today doesn't buy what a dollar bought 20 years ago.
0: So we can't do it that way. Right.
1: Well, we can. It just wouldn't be good because that's one of the ways I looked at it. And then right. from there, went to adjusting for inflation. And that's fine if you want to do that. If you really want to go nuanced another way that takes into account inflation and the fact that some elements of the state budget grow faster than inflation mm. would be to say what percentage of the budget did the tax increase pay for
0: what does that leave you with
1: well when you looked at the straight numbers governor malloy's 2011 increase is number 1 it's between 1.8 and 1.9 billion dollars mm-hmm. But number two is the uh, tax hike under Governor Weicker in 1991. It was more than $1.1 billion. That's the tax increase that gave us the state income tax. So just with a straight count, Governor Malloy has the first one. And then he has the third one. In other words, it would go sure. Malloy 2011, then Weicker, right. then Malloy 2015. If you adjust for inflation, Governor Weicker jumps to the top spot. Okay. And then two and three really become a battle between Governor Malloy in 2011, and a lot of people forget in 1989 under Governor O'Neill, we didn't have an income tax then, but we increased every other tax under the sun in an hmm. effort to stave off the need.
0: So why is why is this a why did you feel the need to do the analysis?
1: It's because of what you mentioned at the beginning, Jeff. It has become such a dominant narrative. Quite frankly, I'm starting to see it repeated all over the place, including in some news coverage, but also by chambers of commerce. I mean, the Yankee Institute mentioned it in a study. And when I interviewed somebody there, I was told, well, we think we got it out of a newspaper.
0: In the uh, truth and justice for all model of of the Connecticut Mirror and Connecticut Public Radio, your goal is to dispel that myth. But it it nevertheless continues. So as we think about it, Governor Malloy will soon be out of office. Governors Weicker and and O'Neill served decades ago. How much... Do these tax increases play into their collective legacies as state leaders?
1: Those three we talked mostly about, Molloy in 2011, Weicker in 91, and O'Neill in 89. When you start adjusting by inflation or as a percentage of the budget, there's a huge chasm. Those three stand alone. They're like on the Mount Rushmore of big tax hikes. And then you have a gap, a significant gap. And then you get things like Governor Molloy in 2015, Governor Rowland in 2003, Governor Rell in 2009. Those aren't, remember, that second tier. People Mm -hmm. don't remember Governor Rell because of that 2009 increase or Governor Rowland because of 2003. But they remember Governor Weicker and the income tax. Uh, And I think they will remember Governor Molloy not only for that, but that will be one of the things that defines him.
0: Keith Faniff tackles budget stories like a can of Pringles. Once he starts, he just can't stop. Follow all of his reporting on the upcoming budget cycle at ctmirror.org. Thanks, Keith.
1: I have nothing, but I can tip my hat on that one.